News just in from Spain, Generalismo Francisco Franco is still dead. And now, over to even more exciting news. What About Everything has been renewed for a second episode, starring the incomparable host, Ryan O'Rourke, and his co-host, Wait a minute. What's his name? What's his name? Phil! Phil! What's his name? What do you mean you don't know his name? You're telling me we have sheets and sheets on the crisis in Venezuela and you don't know the guy's name? Oh, wait a minute, we have it. It's Brendan. I'm here. Yeah, that's my name. My name is Brendan. And welcome to the podcast. Five, four, three, two... Now, today's episode, uh, we're going to open up with talking about music. Now, there is this... Brendan, did you know? Did you know that there is this... Sophomore slump? That's the phrase you're going to talk about. Yes. I do know that phrase. Okay, fine. For anyone who doesn't know, the sophomore slump is this like superstition, I guess you could say, in music, where um, generally after a band or artist or whatever, etc., etc., and so on, releases a really strong debut album, usually the second album doesn't hold up to this. Yeah. Would you agree? I would, and it's actually more common in rap music than any other genre, believe it or not. Oh. Tell so, me more, because I hate rap music. There, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many rap artists, especially during like the early, uh, early 90s and 2000s, yeah. that released sophomore albums that flopped and ended their careers like oh, wow. so many artists you wouldn't hear of like the biggest one the most popular one is probably dr dre dr dre's 2001 that was his sophomore album did terribly mm-hmm. like he almost had a deficit on that album and he had so many features that like it was so expensive for him to make that album yeah. um how much I, I don't i don't actually know how much i don't know i'd say like Couple hundred thousand. Oh, so couple hundred thousand. Okay. Because it's pretty expensive. Like, cause he had like Snoop Dogg. I think he had Nas, Eminem. The Snoop Dogg. The Snoop Dogg. Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Dogg's second album was a flop too. The Dog Father. When that come out? Uh, two thousand. Two thousand. What date? I don't know. What month? <laughs> Let's Google it. Let's Google it. Well, I can Google that. You um, sure? You yeah. want to hear all the clicks? Yes, okay, so uh, Google when it came out, what's it called? The Dog. T H A. I can spell there. I think everyone in the world can spell there. Well, Except that one time I misspelled it. It's, actually not, it's, it's not the, it's that. T H A. I misheard you, I'm stupid. Yeah, T H A. Dog father, D O double G father. Oh, like Godfather. I see what you did. Dog. 
Ready to come came out? out November 12th, 1996. I was so far <laughs> off. Holy shit. That's embarrassing. Wow. Um, that's recorded forever now. Well, um, any other albums that you didn't like? I'm going to edit that out. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to overdub it. 1996. <laughs> good plan. Good plan. I don't know. All the albums I found, of course, um, I were all good. Like, um, Nevermind is one of the best examples of that. Of course. Yeah, it's not my favorite Nirvana album. I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for Unplugged in New York. Yeah, I just oh, think yeah, it's yeah. Cobain's finest performance. Like, really? Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was so honest and pure, and you can hear him just ripping his heart out in it. I just, I just like it for the man who sold the world. That is a great cover. Oh, now you got, uh, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Um, oh, yeah. And uh, Something in the Way is another great one. Yeah. Um, do you hear that? Yeah. It's probably a fire alarm. It doesn't matter. You know what it also sounds like? You know the hero in his, uh, Unreleased, like from uh, oh, Montage of Heck, you know, yeah. when he gets the phone call. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it sounds like that. I was like, what the fuck? Um, but on Nevermind is a great sophomore album. Um, with the Beatles, um, is uh, because like the Beatles' debut album, Please Believe Me, was good. Uh, but with the Beatles, I thought it was just a bit better, which is a bit more exciting. And it really dove into the Beatlemania. And here's a fun fact it lasted 51 weeks. In the number one spot consecutively. Oh my god. 51 unbroken weeks at number one. That's how insane Beatlemania was. Is it a record? Is that a record? Yeah. Like, it, has that been overtaken since? Or is that like... Um, I It might have. Um, I didn't really go into the ins and outs of that. Um, but it was released November 22nd, 1963. Which for those of you history buffs out there, you'll know it's also the day John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Oh shit. And it was also the day C.S. Lewis, author of the Narnia books, died. Yeah. And who else? There was another guy who died that was famous. Um, I think he was French. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, other great sophomore albums. Oh, yeah. Um, that's 11 days after my dad's birthday. But um, other sophomore albums. But, um, uh, what's the story of Morning Glory? Oasis uh, is one I'm quite fond of. Do you like I Oasis? Don't, I don't like Oasis. You don't like... Oh, don't tell me you're a Blur fan. No, don't get me wrong. I like Blur. Uh, I, I prefer Blur to Oasis, yeah. Why? Please, tell me why. I just prefer uh, the vocalist's voice. Now, I can't remember his name, but I prefer his voice. I'm like, you Over can... Wayne Gallagher? Yeah. I hope he isn't listening, because he would hate you. <laughs> I also don't like either of the Gallagher brothers. I just don't like them. I Especially Noel. <clears throat> I find Noel's a bit of a prick. Yeah. Like, he can be funny, but that's no excuse for him being a bit of a prick. Liam is... My preferred choice for the brothers. He's just, I think he's funnier. And he's just, he's that bit nicer. He is still a prick, but that's yeah. the people he doesn't like. But like, um, Psalm 2 is just my favourite. Like, just bop. You know? Really? Yeah. Psalm 2? Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's fair. Like, I guess. I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't know. I, I, I love, I love Blur's sophomore album, Modern Life is Rubbish. Yeah. I really enjoy that album. It's really good. And I also love uh, what's that other song? Uh, Needle Bone? Is that it? No. It, it, it's anyway. Um, but I, I'm more of an Oasis man myself. But what's the story? Morning Glory is a terrific album, regardless of what you think. <laughs> well, I thoroughly enjoy. It. Um, I I would say like like demographically, not demographically, statistically. There we go. Uh, one of the one of the best-selling software albums, and also one of my favorites, is Demon Days by Gorillaz. That's, I've heard of the Gorillaz. It's not just, it's 
It's just gorillas. There's no the. Yeah, I know. I, I just I've heard of like the concept of gorillas, those big ape things. Silverback <laughs> so gorillas. Yes, if you will. Um, uh, they're they're quite they're quite cool creatures. Zuman King Days. Kong. King Kong. Zuman Days is a fantastic album. Why? And it has it has the hit Feel Good Ink on it. Mm-hmm. You know Feel Good Ink. I know all those words separately. It's like I'm gonna say no. You, I don't. How would you not know these the song or wait, you get a big I didn't know how to tie my shoelaces until two thousand twelve, so I don't think that's Jesus that big of a leap. Christ, really? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, but everyone else around me could tie their shoelaces and I was the only one who still had to ask the teacher to tie them. Then I went into secondary school and I thought to myself, hmm, okay, first way to combat this, get shoes without laces. So did you? Yeah, but then I started wearing Converse, and Converse are 50% laces. So, <laughs> I, so I realized, hmm, I better learn how to tie my shoelaces. And plus, if an accident ever happens, I don't need to ask someone else to tie them for me. Um, then I did learn how to tie shoelaces, and it's a skill I've kept with me ever since. Did you learn from SpongeBob? No, I tried, but that song wasn't very helpful. It's not at all. It just doesn't work. It's it's not a functioning song with its pro- its purpose. Like, I tried to follow the directions. Like, I could tie my shoelaces, and I tried to tie them this way. And I was like, wait, what? Over? Wait, what? You put the loop to loop the pull. My shoes aren't looking cool. My laces aren't tied. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyable episode, but very dangerous advice to give children. <laughs> very dangerous. Um. One of the most interesting sophomore albums is one that a lot of people that I've come across don't realize is a sophomore album, which is David Bowie's um, Space Oddity, uh, originally released as just David Bowie. A lot, so many people think that's his first album. Uh, his actual first album came out uh, June 1st, 1967, the same day as Sgt. Pepper's. Oh. Uh, and it was, it's not a good album at all. It just, it's not Bowie. He's like, he's, he's trying something and it's just not working. And then he went off for a few years, then he came back, and then he released, well, first of all, Space Oddity, um, July 11th, 1969, um, which was, you know, a couple of days before the moon landing, because that, that, that whole mission kicked off July 16th. But um, then he released his, um, what many regard to be his proper debut album, because the first album was pretty much disregarded. It has one good song, The London Boys, but beyond that, it's not really an exciting affair. But anyway, he releases, uh, well, it's originally released as David Bowie, but then it's reissued as Space Oddity came out um, November 14th, 1969. Wow. Um, truly terrific. Well, it's a good album. It has its moments, like um, Memory of a Free Festival, Unwashed and Somewhat Slightly Dazed, Janine, these are great songs, and Space Oddity as well. Although I think it's Space Oddity is, what's no, the one Bowie song I think is very overrated is Starman. I don't like Starman at mm. all. I really don't like it. I just think it's so overblown and people just hype it up too much and it's like, oh, Starman, such a great song. I'm like, is it though? Have you listened to everything else? Or at least anything else? Um, I remember I was going for a musical audition and they asked you to sing a David Bowie. I don't know. I think it was High School Musical. But they wanted us to all sing David Bowie songs. For High School Musical. Pretty sure. Either that or I just picked it. I really can't remember because I was like, 16 and my memory's really bad. I imagine you picked it because asking everyone to sing a Dave Bowie song for high school I musical. Don't know, because 
Oh, wait, no, it was Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Okay, that makes slightly more sense, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I th- kind of. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I picked it because yeah. I think. Yes, I picked oh. it, okay, and yeah. I tried for ages to like just get it as if I were David Bowie. So yeah. I spent I spent weeks going ground control to Major Tom. <laughs> oh dear. And I uh, in the end I never went for it because I was sick. Sick, sure, sick. Good cover. I was quote unquote sick. Yes. I, I, I was sick. But now that sort of reminds me. an episode of the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, because I rewatched the whole three series recently because that's where my life is going at the moment. It's just a mess. It's not assignment season at all. But anyway, um, I rewatched and there's one episode where they um do a musical, a High School Musical um rendition, and Maddie, who plays Sharpay in the High School Musical movies, goes for the role of Sharpay in this. And she says, come on, I look like her. And everyone says, do you though? You don't really. <laughs> and everyone is like, no, I can't see. You don't look like her at all. Which is just, oh, I love it when Disney makes fun of themselves like that. Because they're just... Evil. Yeah, I was going to finish the sentence, but I'm afraid they're listening. Um, so I, 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 I can't be too careful. My favourite... Um, because they're everywhere. My favourite sophomore album. Yes. It's technically not a sophomore album, but it is a sophomore album. So it's by the neighborhood. You are. I know the neighborhood. You know the neighborhood. Yeah, I know the neighborhood. Okay. So I know some things. I'm not <laughs> eighty years old. You're eight years old. I'm both. I'm both eight and eight, but that's a conversation. For so day. their first album is "I Love You," which was just incredible. Oh, you do? No one's ever said that to me before. <laughs> Wait, were you not in a relationship for like two years? I was, and yeah, she did like twice, but that's. No, anyway, I'm not, here to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to talk about my relationship issues. That's the this dating advice episode. That's like three or four episodes away. Yeah, it's... Um, I can talk about my failing love life another time. Because it's pretty funny, apparently. Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. But who knows? By the time we get to that episode, it might not be failing. Uh, well, that's... The um, anyway, let's take it off Ryan's uh, incredibly sad life. <laughs> <laughs> My life is terrific. It's just the romance side. It's like it's like in a movie. It's like do you know Baby Driver? No. The Edgar Wright movie. I know. I know. I know Boss Baby. Well, no. Um, <laughs> Baby Driver came out in two thousand seventeen. I know. I thoroughly love that movie, except the the romantic plot in it. I felt was really weak and rushed. My my life is like Baby Driver. It's exciting, fast paced, and exhilarating until you get to the love life. Then it's boring and terrible. Anyway, so you were saying about the neighborhood. Yeah, so their first album is I Love You, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's yeah. just amazing. Like, like, I can listen to that album on repeat nonstop, and I have for the last like four years. Just I haven't gotten tired of it. But their second album is technically Black and White, but because Black and White uh, was a mixtape and only released on Dat Piff SoundCloud, it doesn't actually count as uh, their official release album. Mm-hmm. But it was released a year before. It was released in 2014. But in 2015, they released... Um, Wiped Out. They released Wiped oh, Out. Oh, yes. Wiped Out. Wi- Wiped Out. Wiped Out is my favorite album of all time. Wiped Out is my favorite album of all time? Yeah, it actually oh. is. The Neighborhood are my Wiped. favorite band. Because th- there's one song on it specifically. Yeah. And it is the song that I've based the purchase of all my headphones and earphones off. It's called The Beach. I know, yes, I love The Beach. And it is 
absolutely astonishing song because of the like the, the ambient sound in it is just like it's so well like sound designed. It's 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 perfectly done and it just it takes you to a different place. And I love it for that. It's my favorite album. It is my it is my favorite software album. It is, it has every one of my favorite songs by the neighborhood on it, bar sweater weather. Yeah, I didn't like sweater weather. But then like what like wiped out. Daddy issues. R.I.P. to my youth. Like they're some of their biggest songs. Mm-hmm. So it's just an amazing album. I love it. it favorite album of all time. It's it's quite a tall order. Yeah, I mean um, it's, it's it's a close second. I, I to have some other like another favorite software album is Goblin by Tyler the Creator. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, you know Tyler the Creator, the rapper. If we uh, play a flashback to the start of the episode. Um, Let's leave a pause for that flashback. Okay. I don't like rap. And now back to the present. No, (laughs) I don't. Okay. Well, he's he's a very famous rapper. He's really talented. Um, But his his first album was Bastard, which was kind of part of Odd Future. So it doesn't really count, but it does count, I guess. It's what most people consider his first album, but it wasn't really properly released. So, you could either say that Goblin is his first album, but I count uh-huh. as his second. Yeah. Uh, but it's an incredible album. It's like so dark and ominous and like creepy and gritty. But it's just his rapping is so good in it. Uh, like it has one of my favorite songs, uh, Yonkers. Yonkers is from Goblin, is it? Or is it? Fuck, shit. Oh. I know Yonkers is a town in America, but that's as far as I can get that shit. That's from Goblin. Where is Yonkers? I think it's in New York. The state of New York, that is, not the city. Um, I think it is. Yeah, it does have Yonkers. It's from Goblin. And uh, what else? It, it's just a class album. I love it. What's your favorite album of all time? You can take the mic. Oh, the mic? This is. Now plugged in. Looking at the soundboard. <laughs> oh gosh. Apologies for those technical difficulties, but um, as I said, I'm 80 years old and I cannot work technology. Um, well, thank you for asking, Brendan. My favorite album of all time is Cheap Trick at Budokan. Uh, Cheap Trick. It's Cheap Trick at Budokan. Uh, Budokan is a uh, stadium in uh, Nippon, uh, Budokan, Japan. Uh, artists love going there to perform because that the audience is um, the audience is what I'm in the middle of doing this. Oh, okay. But but anyway, um, the um, artists love uh, playing at uh, at Budokan because like the audience is just so so into it. Like they 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 just put so much energy and like they, they scream and everything. But anyway, um, cheat tricks. Where is Budokan? Japan. I said that like two minutes ago. I wasn't listening, I was typing, kind of get some tissue on my iPad. That's fair. I gave you a massive roll of toilet paper. I thought that would have sufficed. God, it was gone long ago. Well, before we start. That's the flu for you. Anyway, um, yeah, Cheap Trick isn't my favorite band. Like, my favorite musical artist of all time is David Bowie. He is my idol. I love him more than anything else in the entire world. But Cheap Trick at Budokan, I love because I, I love live albums. So where is Budokan? Budokan, one more time, <laughs> for anyone who didn't get it, is in Japan. The capital of which is Tokyo. Anyway, 
Um, I, I've always loved live albums because it's like most of the bands and artists I love are either dead or too old. So it's like I'll never get to see all of them live. So like live albums are the closest I'll come to reaching that. Yeah. Um, and Cheat Trick at Budokan is the finest live album I have ever listened to. Um, because they just put so much into it. Like, there's certain bands that when you listen to their studio albums, it's okay. But then when you listen to them live, it's a whole different level. Yeah, I feel like a live album can actually tell you if a band is really talented. Yeah. This is that case. Cheap Trick is amazing live. They put so much into it. And they get, as I said, they get so much out of the audience. So it's just that duality of the audience and the performers. And it's just, like, they're screaming. And the, and, and, uh, the audience is screaming. Um, Ricky Nelson and like Xander, uh, Xander are, are screaming their hearts out as well, and it's just, and the best song on that album is "I Want You to Want Me," um, the studio version of which is shit, and I will say that now it is atrocious, but when it was performed live, it was a whole different song. It, it just it transcended its terribleness and it became amazing. Um, but it's it's difficult. I find music it's difficult to properly describe. You just gotta listen to it. Yeah. When it's like something like boom that punches you in the gut, it's just it's hard to describe. And you just gotta go listen to it. So for anyone who's interested, I'd recommend listening to both our favorite albums. Mine is Cheap Trick at Budokan. Which and... is in Japan. Just to clarify, it's Japan. Yes, Budokan's in Japan. And Brendan, your favorite album of all time is Wiped Out by the Neighborhood. Both are definitely on Spotify. I know because I have both saved, mm-hmm. and they're both wonderful albums. Yeah, also, yeah. speaking of bands that perform well live, um, Alt J, whose software album is This Is All Yours. Oh, this is All Yours is a great album. Great album. Um, they, they performed uh, Left Hand Free live in Trinity uh, in the summer sessions. Trinity I, College? Yeah. Dublin? Yeah, in College Green. What year? Like two, three years ago. Seriously? Yeah. And I didn't know about it? Why don't people tell me these things? It was amazing. It was like the best concert I've been to. It was also the first concert I've been to. And it was fantastic. And they performed Left Hand Free live. Yeah. And Oh my god, it is a thousand times better live. Seriously? Because mm. they have so much audience engagement. Um, I do enjoy some audience so, engagement. So they'll be like, um, you know, the guitar solo, they got everyone to like, yeah. jump and mess around and like everything like that. Also, uh, another really good artist live is um, Oliver Tree. Do you know Oliver Tree? I know someone called Oliver and I know what trees are. But put them together and okay. get Oliver Tree. He's a, he's a small ish. Is it a tree that grows olives? <laughs> <laughs> yes, my favorite artist is Olive Tree. <laughs> no, no, he's a small ish artist from America. He, How small? Four for two, four for three? <laughs> uh, is that a tomato? Seriously? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's a six foot. But, um, Jeez. Why is he, everyone taller than him? Yeah. Everyone's taller than us, full stop. Yeah. We should call this a small boy podcast, not the What About Everything podcast. But anyway, he um he's super talented, and he opened for Hobo Johnson on Vicker Street uh in January or February, and uh, he completely upstaged him because he was just so much better, like so much better, <laughs> and he got the audience to start a mosh pit. He I'm not a fan of mosh like it's dangerous. <laughs> he told the audience to light up their their weed and put the weed in the air, and everybody was like, "Wait, what do we do when we get kicked out?" And like he got the bouncers to like get off the stage so he could like have audience engagement and everything. That it was oh. it was just amazing. He was just so good. And he rode like a scooter because he has a, he's like a comedian as well as it as like a rapper. Yeah. And a singer. 
So he has this like scooter and he wears like oversized pants and has his hair in like a bowl cut. And he rode the scooter up to the stage and oh, it was just, it was, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant performance. I'm just imagining Vic. I think it's Vic from uh, Despicable Me, the villain. It's Vic with the orange jumpsuit. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining right now. Yeah. Well, he's the a... guy who looks just like, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Uh, John Oliver. The guy who looks just like John Oliver. Oh yeah, uh, he does look like John. He does. I I think they probably based it on him, which is interesting. Um, what, what are you typing? Olive tree. Oh, of course. I like to always get a lot of pictures of olive trees. <laughs> Wait, no, olives don't grow on trees. Do olives grow on trees? Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, he looks just like the guy from Despicable Me. He does. Yeah. That's insane. He looks like the guy from Despicable Me. John Oliver looks like the guy from Despicable Me. The guy from Despicable Me looks like both of them, and yet, he, but he doesn't look like John Oliver, which is interesting. I, f- I find that kind of funny. <laughs> uh, both of them look like the guy from Despicable Me, but they don't look like each other. That's that's weird. Yeah, um, it's, uh, that happens a lot, though. There's like people who look like certain people, but they don't look like the people they both look like. Wait. I get that. People tell me I look like Tom Cruise. Not a joke. People do tell me I look like Tom Cruise. Around the eyes, I see it. I've gotten around the nose, but not around the eyes. Around the eyes. Like the brow ridge to nose. I see Tom Cruise. I've also gotten um, the love child of Tom Cruise and Matt Smith, which I think is kind of accurate. Because occasionally I take glances in the mirror and I think, actually, I can see some Matt Smith in there. People say I look like Jack Whitehall, which I don't see. No. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Me? Yeah. It's huh. a compliment. I, I, just, I don't know what he is. You just give off an Aaron Taylor Johnson vibe. I suppose. Uh, I also look like a rugby player called Lee Halfpenny. But he's like me on steroids and Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> the two things no one wants to be. On steroids and Welsh. <laughs> uh, you know, do you think we should move on to movies or do you think we should stick with albums for a little bit? What do you think? Um, we could move on to, to, to movies or history. Your choice. I think yeah, we'll go with movies. We'll get that out of the way and then we'll move on to history because I feel like we both have a lot more to say about history. If you have enough time. Um, yeah. Okay, movies. So what do you think are some of the best sequels? Oh, this is going to be fun. Um, well, I'll mention four. Okay. Uh, and talk about one in significant detail. Not significant detail, but anyway. Um, the first is Toy Story 2, which, just a, a side note, actually, what I've noticed, every single Toy Story movie in some way revolves around Woody getting separated from the main gang. Okay. First Toy Story movie, him and Buzz get separated from the main gang when they go to Pizza Planet. Okay, mm. number two, he gets separated from the gang because he gets kidnapped by Al of Al's toy bar. Number three, he gets separated from the gang when they're in Sunnyside Daycare and he's in Bonnie's house. And then the trailers for number four, he gets separated from the gang again when he helps a sentient fork get back to Bonnie, and they end up in an amusement park where they run into Bo Peep. So every single Toy Story movie is rehashing the same formula again and again and again. Yet they're still so good. I don't get it, but that's Pixar for you. They're masters. Unpopular opinion, I don't like any of the Toy Story movies. Not even the second one? None. The best one? None. None of them. Not the first one? No. The third one? I hate them all. I've seen them all multiple times because they're just shoved and blasted in my face as a kid, and I just don't like any of them. Moving on. This um, is the second and last episode of the What About Everything <laughs> podcast. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, 
Okay, yeah, Toy Story 2. I just wanted to get that off my chest because it's been bugging me for a while, that whole big retreading the same plot thing. Um, the Dark Knight, obviously, oh, yeah. is one of the big ones. It's Batman Begins is a better Batman movie. Yeah. But The Dark Knight is a better movie overall. Batman Begins um, also features one of the uh, best. Um, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. The Bat Suit prototype. But also Killian Murphy. Who I have met in person, by the way. Uh, it's a fun story. I was in Forbidden Planet on the Keys, which, um, if you're inclined to buy comic books, that's a good place to go. But anyway, I was in there uh, 2016. I was buying the latest Spider-Man comic because, yeah, that's me. And um, next thing you know, I hear a commotion. I'm thinking, what's going on? Uh, is there a fire? No, much better than the fire. Um, I, I look over. It's Killian frickin' Murphy. So I'm thinking, I need to go over and say something to him. It's Killian Murphy. Like, you know, Breakfast at Pluto, the one that shakes the barley's. Batman begins. I need to. So I go over to, to him. And, like, I managed to squeeze through the crowd. And he's just talking to people, shaking people's hands. Um, and then I, I go up to him and I say, I loved you in the one that shakes the barley's. Because I think that's his, one of his finest performances. That and Breakfast at Pluto are, I think, his two best performances. Um, and I told him that. Now, I hadn't seen Breakfast at Pluto at this stage. So that's why I didn't say anything about that. But um, I told him that. And he said to me, Thank you for not saying Batman. <laughs> I actually felt really bad. Because you remember when we were at that quiz? Yes. I confused Breakfast of Pluto and uh, Breakfast of Pluto and Breakfast of Tiffany. Wait, Breakfast what? One of them was with and one of them was at. Were they both at? It's Breakfast at Tiffany's. And Breakfast. Um, breakfast on Pluto. Okay. And Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay, I prefer... Uh, I confused <sighs> Breakfast on Pluto with breakfast at tiffany's how because they both have breakfast in the title and i for some reason thought that breakfast with tiffany breakfast at tiffany's had the sequence where the disabled guy as a dalek gets blown up <sighs> that would have made for a very different film yeah um but my favorite 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 sequel of all time uh, and one of the finest is Spider-Man 2. Obviously the Sam Raimi one. We're not going to talk about the abomination that is the Mark Webb series of Spider-Man movies. Oh, um, I like them. I like them. You like, like them? Yeah. Did you, did you see the same The Amazing Spider-Man 2 that I did? Yeah. I that did. was a pile of horseshit. Look, I know Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man because he's too cool. It's not the fact that he's too cool. It's just that it's just they're not good movies. I like them. There's some of the movies that you're supposed to hate, but you like. Like, you're supposed to like Toy Story. I hate Toy Story. You're supposed to hate Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man series, and I like them. I, I, I'm sort of like that as well. Like, people hate the cat in the hat, but I love the cat in the hat. I just think it's so funny. Like, uh, that one line where um, uh, they're, they're driving down the road, and uh, there's a truck that's about to hit them. And it doesn't. And cat's like, hmm, a Rhode Island license plate. You don't see that very often. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. And the whole scene with the uh, the North Korean Parliament or like the South Korean, like some um, Asian, I think it's South Korea, uh, where like Mrs. Wong, or she's watching on the TV the Parliament, and they're all beating each other up. And it's just it comes out of nowhere, and it's ridiculous. Uh, but the whole movie is just ridiculous and just came out of nowhere. But anyway, Spider Man Two. Um, I love it for a few reasons. One, it's far better than Spider-Man. Now, the first Spider-Man movie is also fantastic, but this is just far exceeds it. It's a lot darker. It has better jokes. Um, and Doc Ock is the finest Spider-Man villain ever to come to the big screen. Mm. He's not my favorite. My favorite will always be the Green Goblin, like just closest to my heart. But the finest 
was Defrid, uh, definitely, Defrid, definitely, uh, Alfred Molino, uh, Alfred? It's Alfred? It's um, yeah, um, Alfred Molino as Doc Ock, he gave one stunning performance, and the action scenes, that, that, that whole fight on the train, absolutely amazing. Um, it was just fantastic. Yes, I knew I was right. Um, it's just absolutely fantastic. And like, sequels, they always expand on the story of the original. And this is what this one, this one does. Because I've always... I, I, I hate the MCU Spider-Man for one reason and one reason only. His reliance on technology. Yeah. Because Spider-Man works best when it's just him trying to figure out situations using his scientific know-how and his wit. Hmm. Um, I feel like the Amazing Spider-Man did that really well, though. Like, he showed how smart Spider-Man is. Like, Andrew Garfield is very smart as Spider-Man. Yeah, I'll give you that. But uh, <laughs> I still don't like him. Anyway, um, but Spider-Man 2, like, really shows what Peter Parker's life is. It's the struggle between the superhero life and the normal life. Yeah. And how, like, one in, uh, impinges on the other, and it's just a big mess. Uh, and it just... Because that's the beauty of Peter Parker. He's an everyman, mm. you know? He has relationship trouble. He has money issues. He has family issues. He's got just all the issues. At the heart of it, he's just a New Yorker. Exactly. And yet, he's also one of the greatest superheroes of all time. Um, but I could go on for hours and hours about Spider-Man 2. Um, what, what are your some, some of... Oh, Jesus Christ, words. What are some of your favorite sequels, Brendan? Um, oh, no. Oh, how about we shift it up? What are some of your least favorite sequels? Um, Grown Ups 2. <laughs> did you watch the same Grown Ups 2 as I did? That's a masterpiece. <laughs> I mean, I think any Adam Sandler movie after like maybe 2003 is just dog shit. <laughs> Adam Sandler after 2003 is complete dog shit. Okay. Um, also, one that is just a fucking atrocity is S. Darko. Oh, what now? The sequel to Donnie Darko, Sarah Darko. It's about his sister. They did a sequel to Donnie Darko. Yeah, nobody knows that. It's really bad. Oh it's my god! Such a terrible, terrible film. It's like just washed out. And just... What happens? I don't even remember. I watched ten minutes, no, not ten, like twenty-five minutes of it about four years ago, and I just remember hating it so much because it was nothing like Donnie Darko. And then I, I remember before I, I got the DVD, and I told yeah. my friends, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch uh, S. Darko. They're like, don't. I was like, why? They're like, just don't watch it. It's don't, really bad. Don't you dare. And I was like, is it The Ring? Am I going <laughs> to die? <laughs> is it The Ring? I love that reaction. Um, and uh, I watched it, and I watched a little bit of it. You know, you know my, my kind of motto with a movie, if I'm not sure if I'm going to like it, is I give it 15 minutes. And if I don't like it after 15 minutes, I turn it off. If I do like it, I keep going. Um, and I got to 15, and I was like, no, 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 no. My memory is not as extensive as yours. Like, I can't remember specific details of movies. I just remember uh, like a large amount of disdain for this film. Famous, I was going to ask you who's in it. Uh. <laughs> also, um, a bit of a fan favorite for the soundtrack. I've been on the Chipmunks 2, the squeakle. <laughs> 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 I saw that in the cinema. Me oh. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> luckily, it wasn't my money that was being wasted. It was my aunt's. But anyway, um, oh, that was such a bad. And it had David Cross in it 
and I love David Cross. He's just so funny. Yeah. And he's wasted so much in that movie. Uh, except that one scene where he asks the dancers, what are you? And they say choreographers. He's like, what's that? Like, just dancers. Then just say dancer. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But the rest of the movie was complete and utter dog shit. Now, the soundtrack, the soundtrack was interesting, which my, uh, I may uh, or may not have purchased on CD after seeing the film. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I won't <sake>. comment. <laughs> and may or may not have danced to it on a trampoline in the summertime at full blast in full view of all my neighbors. <laughs> Dear God. I lead a charmed life. Um, do, do, you know, do you ever see Jaws the Revenge? No. The Force of the Jaws movies? No. Well, I have, unfortunately, because I got the box set of all four Jaws movies for my birthday when I was, like, nine. Um, and I, I watched all of them. Cause the, now, if you haven't seen anything after the first one, which you shouldn't, the second one involves Chief Brody again with another shark and a whole big thing, and his kids are grown up, and it's a whole big boat race, and they get attacked by the shark. The third one involves the, uh, completely different characters. No, the son. The son of Brody is working in a sea park, and the shark attacks the sea park or whatever. The fourth one is the worst. So the it opens... That's what's like Rocky then. Yeah, anyway. Uh, and it opens with the wife of Chief Brody saying how Brody died of a heart attack off screen. So, one, he dies of a heart attack. The most boring death in the world. Mm. No offense to anyone whose uh, friends or family members have died of heart attacks. I do apologize. Sorry, uh, my granddad. Oh dear. That's, this is awkward. Uh, anyway, <laughs> number two, he doesn't even have a cool death like get eaten by a shark. Yeah. So the wife, she goes off with her son or whatever. Michael Caine's in this movie. He flies a helicopter. That's important because I have a fun fact there. But anyway, next thing you know, a shark is following them around, wanting revenge. Yeah. A shark wanting revenge. So the first one is at least realistic in its representation of sharks. Yeah. In that it's just a mindless killing machine. Like yeah. it does what a shark does. It eats people, and they're trying to stop it. That's fair. That's not realistic for sharks. Well, certain like like it's. In general, yeah, but like, there's always certain specific cases. Like, look at humans. In general, we don't go around killing each other, but there's you, always those few little you, humans that do. You know you're more likely to be killed by a vending machine falling on you than by a shark. I need to... I can go into detail on that, but I won't this week. You haven't um, been attacked by a shark, right? No, but the vending machine thing... Anyway, that's not important. Anyway, so, Michael Caine, he was in this movie, yeah? However, he, because he was filming this movie... He had to. He, he he didn't show up for his Oscar, for Hannah and her sisters. Oh God! So he missed out on getting an Oscar because he was filming Jaws: The Revenge. Then afterwards, he said in interviews that he's never watched it. He's like, I've never seen it. It's complete shit. But I'll tell you one thing: the money that I got from it paid for a lovely house. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just such a Michael Caine response. Good God! Oh, but it's not worth anyone's time at all. Yeah. I'm just looking at my list of worst sequels. They all have two in the title. They actually all have two in the title. Do you know where that started, actually? Yeah. Um, if my facts are right, it started with The Godfather. Oh, yeah. The Godfather Part 2 was the first one to use uh, the two moniker. Uh, and since then, nearly every sequel ever has used two in it. Because before that, sequels would always get like different names. Yeah. But then when that came out, it was just two, 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 constantly. Yeah. I mean, like... The list of best sequels I have are Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Iron yes. Man 2, which is debatable, but I... Iron Man 2, you need to really explain that to me, because I just... Like, apart, apart from Sam Rockwell, I don't get it. Okay, wait. Let me just... Iron Man 2 is the one with the lightning whips, yes? Yeah, Whiplash. Yes. And whiplash. War Machine. Yes. That... It's just great, okay? Because it features Tony Stark 
really developing the Iron Man suits. You see, like, what is it, three different suits in that film? Yeah, you see the one he has from the first movie. The thing, no, but at the end, from the end of the first movie, then you see the suitcase suit, which is the best. I'll give you that. The suitcase scene is wonderful. And then you have his upgraded armor because he makes a new element or whatever with the triangle. Yeah. Uh, and then he has that at the end. Yes, yeah, so three suits. I just think. And then War Machine, four suits, and then with Flash's suit, that's five suits. Five, five metal iron suits altogether. Yeah. I think, as regards to a film, it's a perfectly paced film. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah it's okay. it's really well paced. Uh, it goes into like some detail about Iron Man's life before, like you know, before he got like he was a billionaire playboy philanthropist. Yeah, as yeah. he was starting to become a billionaire playboy philanthropist, you yeah. know, goes into some detail. Not not as much detail as Iron Man three, though, no, but some, and you see that mistakes he's made in his past can come back to haunt him and yeah. you kind of you get to understand that whole that the the mistakes iron man has made in his past the mistakes tony stark has made in his past take a burden on him and that really sets yeah. him up for you know after the avengers after the whole new york incident in uh age of ultron i think no uh, no new york was uh no i know it was the first one but you know is it, is it in age of ultron where, where he has the vision of all his friends dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll you see, see you get you first get a glimpse of how Tony Stark could be possibly developing PTSD because his past is constantly coming back to haunt him. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's why I like it. I uh, I didn't like Age of Ultron. Um, that's not because although one of my friends when I went to see it, uh, one of my friends, uh, Connor. Oh God, I love Connor. He was so funny. He's doing business now, which is such a waste of talent because he's one of the funniest people I know. Um. But uh, he, he gave a great suggestion for an after credit scene, which is where uh, all the Avengers are chilling and uh, one of them goes to use the toilet, but Mjolnir is on the toilet seat uh, yeah. and they're all they're all trying to find Thor to get it off because <laughs> he needs to go so badly. And it's just one of, it's the best idea I've heard for an after credit scene and I I wish they, they, they made it. Um, but oh God, when he said that, it was just, because it came out of nowhere as well. Uh, it was just, oh, he was so funny. Um Oh, what a guy. Um, but uh, any other sequels that catch your eye or your mind, etc., etc.? Um, not really. Like, I could go in, you know, but not really. No? No. Well, what time are we on? Uh, I don't know if we have enough time to go into extreme details on World War Two, which is unfortunate. We can go into I'm... brief details on World War Two. That's it. Okay, here's a fun story. Um, so this is a story I found out about which is absolutely insane, and I love it all the same. Okay. Uh, it's like a freaking movie. Um, it's called Operation Gunnerside, 1943. Okay? Sounds familiar. So, Germany uh, sets up shop in Norway in the early 40s. Yeah? Mm. They specifically one factory in Telemark, which is like in the north of Germany, uh, north of Norway or whatever. And uh, because the reason they set up in this factory is because they're producing uh, hard water, because they want to use that to create plutonium, to make atomic bombs. The Allies get wind of this, and they're like, we can't have Germany having atomic bombs, they won the war. So, the Allies send 30 British troops to try and sabotage, that's a reference to Victorious, um, sabotage. it's an episode where um, Trina accidentally... Don't um, ever mention Victorious. <laughs> <laughs> Victorious is great, I don't know what you're talking about, but anyway, Rex says sabotage, or it's, it's I don't want to get into it. Uh, so, uh, they, they send 30 British troops into sabotage the factory... However, a combination of bad weather and the Gestapo killed them. So what did the Allies do? They, send, they sent in the next best thing. 
11 Norwegians. Most dangerous thing I can think of. Imagine that, 11 Norwegians skiing at you, full force. Frightening. The Fuhrer would have surrendered in death. <laughs> he would have surrendered instantly if he saw 11 Norwegians skiing at him at full force, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> anyway, so they send 11 Norwegians in to blow up this base. The Germans get wind of this, so they amp up their defences. Yeah, they get mines, they get floodlights, they have guards all over the shuppa, okay? For 11 Norwegians. Well, they didn't know it was going to be 11 Norwegians. They knew there was going to be people coming in to sabotage. So they were trying to protect themselves. Fair. And the only way to get into the factory was a bridge, okay, over a 600-foot ice gorge. Because sometimes truth is way crazier than shit I can make up. However, the Germans thought this was the only way to get in. It wasn't, because the Norwegians managed to scale the apparently unscalable ice gorge and get into the factory. So they get into the factory, they plant their bombs, they set the fuses, but not before because they have a, a Norwegian caretaker at gunpoint. So in, they, they put their... and he announces that he's missing his glasses. glasses. So instead of, you know, stopping Hitler from getting atomic weapons, what do they do? They pause that and help the dude find his glasses. Eventually they find the glasses and then they get out with the caretaker and some other civilian and there's no casualties on their side whatsoever. The whole thing blows up. The Nazis don't get atomic weapons in the end. Oh my god. I know. That would make such a good movie. Yeah, how is that? <laughs> or at least a, a short movie. movie. Yeah. It'd just be wonderful. Like those Norwegians, whoever they are, are heroes. If any of them are listening. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find the podcast. Oh wow, this one's really good. What about um, everything? Oh, if any that's of them, me. If any of them are still alive and listening, I just want to tell you, you did a service to the world. You are a hero, and <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you know, I have, a, I have a really interesting take about World War Two because um, you know the reason that you, you... mistake <laughs> <laughs> You know the reason that... some crazy You know one of the, the main landing was designed so we could get away from the fact that the U.S. government was the Titanic. <laughs> oh my god! Now this somebody. Well, that's that's a whole different episode. Um, you know the way one Hitler of the was a man with a mask. <laughs> Hitler lives in Antarctica. You know the reason. Oh, he lives in Venezuela, somewhere in South America. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know how the reason one of the reasons the Allies got involved was because Germany wanted to invade France, and it was just between Germany and France. No, it was Poland. What? No, it was the whole thing was because of Hitler's expansion, his Lebensraum, which no, was a living space. It, wait, am I thinking of World War One? I? I think you're thinking of World War One. Fuck! It was it World War One or World War Two where Germany were invading France. They wanted to go through France. To, um, they wanted to get to France, but um, they couldn't because the French troops had. If this is World War One or World War Two, someone just tell me. But the, it, <laughs> Germany wanted to get to France, and there was this massive French brigade along the um, along the Rhine, so they couldn't get from that side of France. So they wanted to go through Belgium. But Belgium was a neutral country. So Germany went through Belgium and invaded Bel Belgium, which was a neutral country, which broke the treaty, which the Allies noticed. They were like, oh, we can't have this. They stopped Germany. And that's how either World War One or World War Two started. Well, I know the Germans did do that to get... Well, they didn't go... They went through the Ardennes to get to France because of the Maginot Line. That was World War Two. That's not how it started. Okay. World War II started with uh, Hitler's expansion um, east or whatever, like the living space he originally wanted, uh, uh, which was went against the Treaty of Versailles. First it was Anschluss with Austria in thirty-eight. Oh, at Kristallnacht as well. Kristallnacht was not anything to do with the war. That was just uh, interior German politics oh. and um, say, um, not sectarianism. Um, 
what's the word for uh, discrimination against Jews? Um, oh, anti-Semitism? Anti-Semitism, that's it. I knew began with, uh, and I had an S in there. Anyway, no, but then he wanted Angelus with Austria, so he, he got Austria first. Then there was the whole Sudeten crisis, where he wanted the Sudetenland of uh, Czechoslovakia, which was predominantly German-speaking. Yeah. And then the, the uh, League of Nations, well, a few dudes from the League of Nations stepped in, Neville Chamberlain was like, now hold on, hold on, you can't do that. So then they called the Munich, uh, like there was like the Munich Agreement that came out of like a series of meetings where they all agreed that okay, Hitler, you can have the Sudetenland if you promise not to invade anyone else, okay? And he's like, all right, fair enough. Um, so they gave him the Sudetenland, but then he invaded all of Czechoslovakia, and um, the kickoff was um, the nineteen thirty September first, nineteen thirty nine. Hitler invades Poland. Then the British are like, all right, this is disgraceful. We've had we've had enough. We're going to war. Of course, they said that two days later because they declared war on the third of September, nineteen thirty-nine, and then World War Two was born. And then, nineteen forty, the Germans invade France, the whole evacuation of Dunkirk, and then the Battle of Britain, forty-one, forty, forty-one, and there's all whole thing, the Eastern Front as well, Operation Barbarossa, etc. I, I would love to go into more detail. I really desperately would, but we are unfortunately out of time for yeah, today. It's a shame. We, um, you know, we'll dedicate a whole, a whole episode to war. I think we need to. Yeah. Um, specifically the world wars, because there is other wars that I do want to get into. The greatest wars. I mean, yeah. The great, using the term greatest is... The most historical. Most mo- significant. Mo- most impactful wars. Yes. Yes. That's much better turn of phrase. Um, but, oh, yeah. That, that, that's been today's episode. Yeah. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, um, Debt. Who? Debt. Student debt. Student debt. I was going to guess Colgate toothpaste. <coughs> Which four out of five dentists recommend? Really? I don't know. Probably. I, I mean, I thought dentists it's, recommend Sensodyne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows what? I, I want to find out which dentists are recommending these things. My dentist has never recommended any specific toothpaste. He just says brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> my dentist. Um, I haven't seen my dentist in. Should I go to the dentist more? I haven't gone to the dentist in two years. Yeah. Should I, I go to the dentist? I think you're supposed to go every, every year. Every year? Every I, I can't. I don't have that time. Go to the dentist once a year? Who has time for that? <laughs> <laughs> the dentist takes up a whole year. I can't do this. Uh, I don't know. I should probably go to the dentist. I'll, I'll let you know next week if I go to the dentist. And now I'm going to end it nice and poetically. As the sun sets over a beautiful skyline, I can see a blaze of fire across the skyscrapers. I see the student accommodation lit ablaze in shades of gold and red and orange. You see what I'm seeing? I don't see that. What do you see? Like, it's, it's just buildings. It's nothing special. <laughs> if you know Roebuck, you know the immense beauty I'm speaking of right now. <laughs> beauty is in inverted commas, by the way. And that's time. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week. I think you mean listening. But yeah, we'll see you next week.